following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church in Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. So we're going to talk about how to feed yourself this morning and uh, how to have better eating habits. Now, if you're a skeptic, which I was about a year ago, I would have been thinking to myself, are you kidding me? I mean, this is a church. This is a church, and this is a Sunday morning, and you're going to give a lecture on nutrition? I mean, what? there are more important things in life than that. I mean, come on, how about, t- talk about prayer, or, you know, let's talk about spiritual stuff. This is a church. That's what churches do. And so maybe you're thinking about that, and, and it would cause you to have the question, does God really care what we eat? Is that a big deal to God? And, and if he does care, how much does he care? And so let's take a look at the scriptures and see exactly that. Does God care about what we eat? Is it important to him? And how much does he care? Big changes happen in our life usually as a result of coming to an end in ourself. You know, I mean the big changes. You can change little things, but the really big changes in your life usually happen because you've suffered enough. You suffer for so long, and then finally you come to a point where you can't suffer anymore, and you make a change. Now, that's unfortunate, isn't it? I wish we didn't have to go through all that suffering to come about to change. I think there's a better way to do it, but that's how I've been doing it. This last number of years of my life, I, my health has deteriorated and uh, got sicker and sicker and sicker, as those of you know who have been a part of the church. And, but the suffering finally brought me to a place where I said, I have got to change my life. I want to live. <laughs> I want to be there for my kids and my grandkids. I've got to do something. For the last 30 years, I've been living like a fool. I have living like a fool, not caring what I put into my body, just doing whatever I want. And, you know, I could see that I was getting fat, but I would justify that a dozen different ways, you know. And you can justify anything to yourself to talk yourself out of having to do anything about it. But that suffering just got too intense. I said, I have to change. So don't be like me, okay? Don't follow my example. You don't have to do that. You can learn this today. And avoid the suffering that I've had to endure. All right? And I'm not talking about a diet. I'm not talking about losing weight. I'm talking about being healthy. So you can be very thin and be like my friend Ken, who at age 43, he had the same frame of somebody like Brad Pitt. Right? You've seen Brad Pitt or Matt Venable. He had that kind of frame. And at 42 years, he dropped dead in his living room. Okay, so it's not just your size that we're talking about. It's being in good health. That's the key. That's the focus. What is the point of success if you're not healthy enough to enjoy it? You know, if you're not around to be with your kids and your family and enjoy the things and the blessings of life, none of that means anything if you're sick in bed and can't be a part of it. 
And so it's so vitally important. I believe God has been speaking to me personally over this last year through my friend Gilbert Drew. And Gilbert has been on me and talking to me all this time about your health. And he said, Pastor, you got to lose some weight and you, you got to start eating differently. And so he took me to the grocery store and he said, This is how you shop, this is what you buy. And it was like, you know, filled the whole basket full of stuff I've never seen before. And, and, and he, He'd be so proud of me. I mean, he's not here this morning. He's not feeling well himself. But he'd be so proud of me because last night when I went to the store, I mean, I, I, I felt so proud. And I was I'm putting my stuff. You know, usually I'm ashamed of, you know, I've got Twinkies and Wheaties. And, you know, but I had all this healthy stuff and organic and, you know, fruits and vegetables. I felt so good. And the guy behind me had, like, macaroni and cheese and stuff. I was like, dude. How quickly we get pride, prideful, right? <laughs> but I'd like to just take a few minutes and look at this this morning and, and, and see what God has to say about this, okay? Because this is important. Does God really care? So turn the person next to you and just say this with a really nice big smile. You are what you eat. All right, a careful study of Scripture will reveal this. This is a fact. That God has at times intervened into people's lives, into the nations of people or different people, to address their health, to address specifically what they eat. All right? It began in the garden in Genesis at the very beginning. You've got to understand the environment here. God has created the earth. You talk about this in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. He's created the earth. He's made a perfect, beautiful environment. The stars and the moon and the sun and everything. He created Adam and Eve. He placed them in the garden. And so now they've just, they're, they're there. And this is God's very first instruction. Okay, so don't you think the first thing you would start with what? The most important thing, right? You ever give instructions to your kids when you're leaving the house and you're on the way out? What do you tell them? The most important things. So God is saying to Adam, listen up. I need to tell you this. And what does he say? It's interesting. Verse 15 of chapter 2. The Lord God placed the men in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. The Lord God warned him. You may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. God's very first instruction to man was what he should eat. What he should eat and what he shouldn't eat. Now that had significant implications in his life, both spiritually because he needed to obey the word of God but also for his health. God wanted him to live. He didn't want him to die. His intent was that that he would live forever with God in the garden. That was the plan. And then the serpent came in and lied to them and deceived them. Sin came into the world and with it, death. But that was never God's original intention. His first instruction was, okay, listen up. It's important, in fact, it's vitally important what you eat. When God called the nation of Israel together for himself, he's creating a nation. There's millions of people on the earth, okay? 
All kinds of tribes and nations and different peoples all throughout the earth. But God collects to himself a small group of people, starting with one man and his wife. And he builds that nation and calling it the nation of Israel. And then God said, I will like make a covenant with these people. These people are called and set apart to be a part of me. They're the nation of Israel. There's a covenant that it will have. It's sort of like if you were going to put together a nation or our founding fathers put together our nation. They came together and they designed a constitution. They said, this is how we'll be governed. So God is doing that with his people. He's saying, here's our covenant. Here's our agreement of how you'll live. And all throughout that agreement is instruction on what to eat. Thing after thing after thing. Eat this. Don't eat this. Eat this. Don't eat this. Watch out for this. And so obviously, man is to be healthy from God's perspective. He wants his people to be set apart and healthy and prosper. That is God's will for everyone. To be healthy and to be prosper. At different times, he intervened on individuals. Daniel has been taken off to Babylon. He's in captivity, but he's a part of the nation of Israel and now living as a slave in Babylon. And Babylon was the most heathen city on the planet. In fact, it was so bad that when God talks about evil, he's going to come up with a definition of evil in the book of Revelation. He calls it Babylon. It was that bad. And the Lord spoke to Daniel and said, Daniel, I want you to only eat foods within the covenant. Don't eat Babylonian food. And so he asked for permission to just eat food that was within the covenant. They said, okay. And it says that after a period of time, he was more healthy, more strong, more fit, and better looking than all the other men who ate the king's food. And so God has intervened in nations and people and with his people from time to time throughout history to help them address their health. I believe God has done this with me. I believe he's been speaking to me through my wife and my family and through my friends and others that I need to take a look at my health and I address my health. And I believe God is using Rick Warren to to speak to our whole country about this issue of health and turning to health. God wanted his people to be uh, set apart But he also wanted them to be healthy. And so the covenant said, listen, don't do what these other nations are doing. Be different. They got in the practice of eating raw meat. And they were worshiping idols. And they'd worship cows and birds and the sun and and rocks and plants and trees. And they're worshiping all these things. And so after a while, that, that, that progressed. And you know, then you begin to have unnatural relations with animals. And you're, you're eating all different parts of this and doing that. And, and all doing it as worship and sacrificing and doing all these things. And God said, no, 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 don't do that. Because that brings all kinds of disease. People say, well, why does God hate pigs? You know, what's wrong with a pig? I mean, he says to his people, you can't eat pigs. Well, they were eating it raw. They were eating it raw. And, and we know scientifically, science has told us that, that um, they carry all kinds of diseases. And so God was saying, he, wasn't, he doesn't hate pigs, he made pigs. All right? It's that he was saying, no, I want my people to be healthy, set apart, 
and healthy. So it has a spiritual implication. It also has a a physical implication. Listen, I believe this to be very true. I cannot fulfill the call of God on my life if I'm dead. Nor can you. And so my health is tied to my destiny. And so is yours. I can't give you, I mean, the next question would naturally be, okay, if God is saying that our health is very important, the scriptures say this. You study the scriptures, you see, our health is vitally important to God. Then you have to ask yourself the question, why isn't it important to you? If it's so important to God, why is it important to you? And my next question is, okay, I can see that. Then tell me which foods are bad and which foods are good, because I don't know. I mean, I get the Twinkies, okay? Anything that can last on the shelf for three years, you know, that's probably not good to eat. But I really don't know about the other stuff, you know? And so I want to give you some things this morning, four. There's many, okay? If you want to learn about all of this, see Gilbert Drew or... Join a community group, okay? And you'll learn about it this week in groups. We'll be talking about how to eat and what to eat, okay? And you get the Daniel plan. You can start reading that and learn all the other stuff. Because if I were to give you all of that this morning, we'd be here for quite a while. But I love you, so I'm going to keep it to four, all right? We'll go through these quick. On your program, there's a blank space where you can write this down. This will be helpful to you. Here, these are general guidelines on what to eat. Listen. If it came from a plant, it's good. If it came out of a plant, it's bad. It's a play on words. So if it came from a living plant, it's probably good to eat. If it came out of a plant, i.e. factory, it's probably not. Okay? Now... When you make your, let's say you're going to make some homemade mac and cheese, all right? You're making what? 10 ounces? A pound? Okay? So you have your ingredients and you make that and you eat it. No big deal. But if you're going to make macaroni and cheese for the company Stouffer's, nothing against them, and you're going to package a million boxes a day, then you have to make that in a vat that is six stories tall. And you cannot do that without adding to it all kinds of other ingredients, chemicals that you wouldn't normally use if you were going to make it at home. And those chemicals are killing us. There's, uh, in, in the making, I love their show, How It's Made. You know, I just love that show. I'm fascinated with how they make different stuff. I saw one on sugar. I couldn't believe it. You watch the process of how they make sugar. I mean, it starts out like this black tar. And, it, it, and they, they add chlorine. They, they add bleach. You know, they add lye. That white powder that you put on dead bodies so they don't smell bad. They add that into sugar. 
in the process so that they can actually do the process on a, on a large scale. And so um, if it came out of a factory, the chances are it's probably not good for you. You're going to be using your microwave a lot less. <laughs> Remember <laughs> Gilbert, poor Gilbert, he's getting used so much today, but he would say, yeah, quit eating out of the microwave. Um, and that's this simple point here. Number two, we're not talking about looking good here. This is not look, about looking good. It doesn't matter if you're 90 pounds, okay? It's not, it's not looking good. It's being healthy. You can be thin and in shape and very unhealthy. And so it depends on what you eat that ter- determines your health, has a big impact on the health of your life. And so we're not trying to get everybody to look beautiful and thin. And, you know, that's not the point here. The point is health. When I got the word on Wednesday that that little ember had been born into the world, my very first question was, is she okay? Is she healthy? Is Amanda okay? Is she healthy? And all the cuteness and wonderfulness and all that stuff, that's later. But the key thing is, you know, is she in good health? And she was. Now they don't get to sleep for the next three months. But that... You know, that those things work together in our lives. It's not about looking good. It's about living well. Number three, if it has four legs, don't eat it. I'm not advocating cannibalism here. We're talking about uh, four legs animals. It has two legs. It's a bird or no leg. It's a fish. It's far more healthier for you. Chicken. To eat that than to eat a four-legged animal. We know scientifically now. No, scientific science is showing us that that if you have a large diet of beef, that it's going to be poor. To, it's going to be detrimental to your health. It's going to hurt you. You're going to. You're going to. Physically, your body isn't going to be able to process that the way you would like to. And I tell you, this is bad news for somebody like me. And I love a filet mignon wrapped in bacon. That's heaven. Right? It doesn't get any better than that. You would ask me to describe your ultimate day, it would include that. But if we have a steady diet of that, we're going to suffer. We're going to pay for it. So limit that. You know, I'm not just saying never eat beef again. Okay? If you, do, if you can, that's great. But how about just cut it down? Have it once a month. Have it twice a month, something like that. Cut back on it. You know, God never created us to drink the milk from a cow. No other species on the planet drinks milk from a cow other than a cow. Cow's milk is for cows. You know, when humans eat it and drink it, it causes problems. Well, what about calcium? They've told us for years, you know, it's good teeth and bones and calcium. Do you know you get far more calcium from asparagus and broccoli than you do from milk? So uh, that's, a, that's a fallacy. You don't need to have that. And number four, this is a big one. Sugar is poison. Sugar, and, and here, this, remember, this is the skeptic talking to you. This is a guy who was raised. This is my diet as a kid. Snickers, Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Now that's a meal, huh? That's a meal. And I lived off of that. And and so I crave sugar. I mean, I, I, you might think less of me after I tell you this, but that's okay. I love you. Um, I would sit in my chair 
I would think about a big chocolate cake. Some fruit on it just to make it okay. You know? Or I'd get a box of cookies, and I'd get the box that has the little ones. That way you can eat ten. Or the whole box. Because they're little. You know? And um, I crave sugar. But you know, a hundred years ago, sugar was rare. And in fact, it was so rare, they would use it as, as tr- for trade as, like currency. But now sugar is so common. Back then, you'd get one or two teaspoons of sugar in your diet, and you were fine. Now, you're getting 3,000 times more sugar than they did 100 years ago. And sugar, they're finding out, is causing cancer and diabetes and all these other health problems making you sick. Because we're consuming way too much into everything. I did a little test the other night with my family. It was kind of a fun little test. And I did a one-hour TV show. So one-hour TV show. I'm going to count how many commercials are advertising to me food that is dangerous to eat. And so commercial after commercial, pizza, you know. And they've, they've perfected this. I mean, it, it's... That pizza, it's steaming hot. The cheese is dripping off of it, you know. Then you have the ice cream in it. It curls as they scoop it. And they, they throw little blueberries on there. And make you think, oh, it's really healthy, you know. It's half percent. It's half less sugar than it was before, you know. And all these foods that they're advertising. To, do you know how many? Nobody could guess first service. How many commercials of food that will kill you did I see in an hour? 20? 25? 34? 41. 41. We are literally being inundated with this marketing to make us unhealthy. There's an enormous amount of... Now, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. You know, there's some, some conspiracy to take over the world, these corporations. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that, that but there's something going on in our country that is leading the whole country into being unhealthy. This is the most unhealthy we have been as a nation in the history of our nation. And so maybe God is up to something. Maybe God is speaking through me today and saying to you, hey, you know, maybe you should take a look at what you're eating and maybe address your health and Get, get concerned about this so that you can fulfill the destiny that God has for your life. You can't do it if you're dead. When you're dead, you're done. Now, there are many more I could give you. I could go on and on, as I said. Join a community group. Be a part of a group. And there's a bunch of people that meet in our house on Thursday nights, and we're encouraging one another, and and accountable to one another, learning about these things. We're all going to do this together. If you, if you want to be a part of that, I encourage you to join one of the groups and get involved within the context of community to learn about these things. I want you to know that my heart is, is full of compassion for those of you who struggle with your health. And I think there might be some people that have given up. That you struggle for year after year after year and you try different things and it just doesn't work. And you thought to yourself, you know what? I'll never, ever be healthy in this area. 
and I have a, a, an extra, extra amount of compassion for those of you who are married to a skinny spouse. You know? Because that's hard. You know, your spouse is thin and, and in great health and you, you struggle and they don't, you know. I look at food, I gain three pounds. She eats a pizza, gains nothing. It's not fair. And so I'm hoping today that through me, God would encourage you and you would know that he is wanting to help you he will work through, through your life that where you failed, God will help you to succeed. You'll trust him. You'll get, in, get an accountability group. Then let's see what God will do in your life. As I said, it's not about being thin. It's about being healthy. And I believe that's the will of God for all of us. Now, now that I've said all of that, is that something you shouldn't say on a Sunday morning in church? Or is it actually pretty spiritual? It is, isn't it? I want to pray for you. Let's pray for a moment. Father, I pray, Lord, this morning for those who are given up, for those who struggle and those who say, this is too hard. I, I, I'm ashamed. I'm embarrassed. I don't want to do this. They're afraid, discouraged, think that it's impossible. Father, I pray that you would shed your grace and mercy upon them this morning and give them hope to know that all things are possible with God. We are more than conquerors. Those who are in Christ Jesus, Lord, we we can do this with your help. And so I pray that you would cause the whole congregation to level up into health. In the name of Jesus, amen.